Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mixtape Mixtape. Podcast, podcast. I'm your host, Julia. And I'm your host, Mike. In every episode, we pick a topic and make you a rad mix. Guess what, Mike? What? What is this week's topic, Julia? We actually have a guest. Shut up. Shut shut your face hole. Really? Never been more prepared for this guest in my life. Oh, I know. You spent your life preparing. You were like, you were like (laughs) mentally listening to the 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 mix today because we have great scott great ska punk podcast host matt vest from on the upbeat ska as our guest so he has picked ska punk from the 90s your top five ska punk tracks from the 90s pretty amazing So Julia, it's awesome yes, to be recording with you again. This is going to be like our 190th episode, right? I don't know. Uh, which, which I think is. total with the mini episodes and the full episodes, we're at like one, a little over 200. A little over 200. But if you're catching it at home, this is only season two. So yeah. <laughs> based on this, I don't know how the way have, that works, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to be a podcast for 140 years and it's going to be like next on season seven of <laughs> mixtape, mixtape podcast podcast. But um, yeah, super excited today because we have a guest. But first off, what's happening with you? What is going on in the realm of Julia? Like how is it, it, the audience knows or they may not know that you also are a record executive uh, marketing Thank Thank expert uh, for Stay Free Recordings. Um, so you guys have rad, rad things going on. So what's going on with you guys? What's the update? Well, today we just bought a rubber stamp with our logo on it, guys. So really going places oh, now. <laughs> wait, wait, what now? Oh, yeah. I didn't realize it was scuffishal. <laughs> um, No, Stoop. we're really trying to like, I've noticed when I bought things from like cute Instagram people, they really do up their packaging. So I'm like, we got to step our yeah. packaging up. So we're like trying to figure that stuff out. But um, anyways, we have three new releases coming up soon. Two are relevant to th- today's topic. Um, really? Our Two? next, yeah, our next release on five, whatever, five, six, six. Is that Friday, next you Friday, five, six before. Yeah. yeah. Five, six is LAB. They're a, um, are you going to do ecstasy right now? <laughs> what is that? Yeah, me <laughs> <laughs> I just found this. I don't know. It came from our merch uh, booth. Merch bag. Um, they're a New Zealand or a, I think they're New Zealand. Oh, they're that reggae big band, LAD. reggae band. Yeah. Yes, they're yes, massive. Yes. They're New Zealand, right? Massive yeah. in like New Zealand. Sort they of big for in like Australia. Seventy thousand but... people. Yeah, and they're. Yes, um, I think they're indigenous people as peoples as well. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah, awesome. but they're they're like freaking massive. So we're doing a record with them, and we've had that been sitting on that record for so long, just because, uh, you know labels stuff Whatever. like that but Label, um so stuff. that's five six Legalities. check that out that'll be fun and then so wait, they, five... they have indigenous people in the, in the band as well so the maoris i think so they have maoris I think in the band? there's that's maori really cool. people in there and then awesome. um 513 is the bite me bambi official release for what, what? The crazy single remixed by uh 
Lee Scratch Perry himself. Yes. So excited about that one. Rest in peace. So rest in peace. So that's actually going to be a huge, huge release. So uh, we're we're actually really super excited about that. To be able to get to work with Lee was amazing. And then had we known we would have been the last band to work with him, we would have gotten something cooler to say, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) But we didn't. Yeah, it's, it's crazy that his like we were getting messages from his wife and stuff like he's so excited about this he's he loves the way this is turning out stuff like that like his wife is his manager and um we even got video of it too which is really cool like yeah recorded video so it's really awesome but so yeah that's a that's gonna be a big release but all our records are limited we like to keep it tight and we like to we like to see it on ebay a week or two later like that's the cool three hundred dollars cool yeah that's like pretty cool like somebody's like, out there trying to make a buck off us that's what oh, we know totally. we've arrived in a capitalist society right yep um yeah, well yeah well okay i'm sorry i didn't want to i didn't want to jump all over you so you're that's so we got those two releases and then you have one more yes. coming out in may right okay yeah uh we're doing another no it's in june so we're doing a release in june with music again our favorite charity group cool. that we work with and it's with members of big star Oh, no way. Alex Children, members of Big Star? I think it's Jody Stevens. Jody. Jody. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's very cool. So, you know, I'm a big Big Star fan. So, that's great. Yeah, I love Big Star so much. Um, So, yeah, very excited about those. You can check us out on State If you listen to our one of our original mixtape, mixtape podcasts about uh, September weather or um, I think it was was like a fall, like, like fall sweater like no weather, pumpkin spice or something no like pumpkin, that. yes yeah. but there's big star is is featured on that september girls is featured on that yeah love that. so song. go back in the archives listen to that uh well you you basically uh catching up on what i'm doing it's basically the same thing that you're doing because <laughs> we're working together <laughs> on so many different fronts so yeah the bambi bambi stuff uh single we're crazy excited about that no pun intended um about the remix we also did the b side of that as a cover of police and thieves that we did our best to sound like Lee did it. And I think we, I mean, it's one of the best recordings I think I've been a part of. So I'm really excited about that. I think uh, it's great. So. It sounds so good. And again, I love the space agey reggae stuff. So yeah. yeah. And, and thanks to Cameron Webb it. for figuring that out. Like mm-hmm. he was, he was, he kind of, he was like, Cameron Webb is a producer from Orange County. Uh, we use him on, we try to use them on everything that we do. We haven't used them on, on all the stuff, but all, like on uh, like that and on some other, some other more single stuff that we do. And, you know, he's worked with everybody from, you know, you name it, no effects. He did the last like four motorhead records. He's worked with tenacious D and lit and like all these, you know, these, um, uh, he did that big uh, dirty head single, the um, uh, lay me down single with Rome. Uh, he did that. Like he's done a bunch of crazy stuff. So he's got a, uh, he's got a good ear for reggae, even though he, he, you know, if, if you put it on his resume, I think he'd be like, Oh yeah, I guess I do. I, I don't think he would, he would boast that, but, uh, he's, he's pretty darn good. And I think it came out really well. So, and then to support that, we've got some shows, uh, May 7th, 8th and 11th, uh, here in Southern California, just a short little run. So feel free to come out with that. Tickets are on sale for all of these, but seventh, we're in LA at, at club 1720 and we'll be paying, playing with, uh, Sonron Papera. Uh, they are a cumbia punk band and they're absolutely amazing. They're going to be absolutely huge. So please uh, see them early and then say, Oh man, I saw that band. You're going to say that you'll be like, I saw that band 
that one time, you know, a long time ago <laughs> when they were, when they were playing this little club with bite me Bambi um, also playing at the Casbah in San Diego uh, on the eighth. And then on the 11th, we're playing at the concert lounge in Riverside, which is a Wednesday. Uh, but uh, what's going on on Wednesday in Riverside? I don't know. So there you go. You can come out and see us. <laughs> but those are the things. But anyway, we I, we digress. We're always busy. I know. We've always got stuff we can plug. So apologies to have to sit through that if you're an avid listener of the of the podcast. All eight of you or whoever, however many of you are there. But um, let's talk about today. Let's today. talk about today. Let's talk about Matt. Let's talk about Matt. So we're going to introduce Matt Vest. Uh, Matt is a, a founder and uh, and host of on the Upbeat podcast. And uh, Bite Me Bammy had the pleasure of being on that. I was on that uh, with Talina and T Bone. Uh, a couple months ago, and it was really fun, really professional. Unlike our podcast, I know. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> he did a great job with it. He actually has a mixing board, which you know, come on, let's be real. But anyway, welcome Matt Vest to Mixtape Mixing Podcast. Hey, what's up, Matt? Ooh. How's it going? Hi, Mixed thanks so close. much for being on our crummy little show today. Thanks, for, thanks no, for it's awesome. Me, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I love being on other people's podcasts. I actually probably love it more than doing my own. Uh, <laughs> I will second that. I absolutely love being on other people's podcasts versus my own because then way- I just do that and then I can walk away from it yep. and then I hear it like like a week later. You know? Yeah. Yep. I'm like, I I don't have to edit this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. I'm just gonna you send a file. To, I'm gonna send a file. As Christina. To go. <laughs> yeah. As super producer Christina just just sent me a text message here on on this Zoom link. She's like, "Do not drink into the microphone." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I had that. No, I uh, I had another podcast a, a while back, and the critique that my wife would always give me is like, she would say, "You need to invest in like uh, an actual water bottle and stop drinking bottles of water because yeah. you're grabbing it and it's making a sound <laughs> into the microphone every single totally. time." Totally. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, "Knock it off!" And so now I have like an actual. Uh, tin, uh, tin, yeah. so professional. Yes, so professional. I mean, so professional. It's Star Wars, but you know, <laughs> I'm you gotta still, have fun, right? You gotta I'm, have fun. I'm still a child. The kids, the kids all all like Star Wars these days. It's not like it was so underground before, like you know. <laughs> okay, you know, so really I see. Here's the thing. I so uh, a few weeks ago, RJ, co-host on on the Upbeat. Um, he made a reference. Oh, we didn't mention having RJ on. I know. He should have been on too. I totally <laughs> forgot to even It's okay. Him. He Gosh. probably would have said no. It's a Saturday. He likes his private time. Um, he's, okay. he's a weirdo. Um, I mean, I, we probably should have at least invited, I guess we should have invited. <laughs> I know him. RJ's I a weirdo <laughs> because he's a, he's a, my superhero fan. So that tells you what a weirdo he is. <laughs> There's only oh, like God. eight of those in the world. So. Um, he's a weirdo that the, on the upbeat would not exist without him. However, but going back a couple weeks ago, he made a reference uh, to me liking basic things like Star Wars, and he called it basic. Liking Star Wars is basic. And I'm like, you know what? It's everyone else jumped on the bandwagon because in, like, the 80s, no, I, I got made fun of for liking yeah. Star Wars as a kid. Yeah. So, like, me too. I'm, it's not my fault that pop culture grew up in this way. I, mm-hmm. I, it's not basic for me. I didn't jump on this bandwagon, you know, in during the prequels. Like, I had to live. Well, Matt, the let 80s. me let me ask you this. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same way. And let me ask you this: like, I got made fun of because I used to read when the when the Timothy Zahn novels came out in the early '90s for, mm-hmm. for Star Wars, like this the the sequels to Jedi, right? They came out. 
I like went, I, I, here's how old it was. I went to Walden books to buy it okay? <laughs> like, to actually buy the book. And I remember yeah. going on a camping trip with my buddies and I was probably 17 years old or however old I was at the time. And everyone making fun of me because, uh, you know, I was reading this star Wars novel. I was like, dude, are you kidding me? This is the continued storyline, which yeah. is not mm-hmm. canon anymore, but it's the continued storyline at the time of return of the Jedi. This is dope. What are you guys talking? You guys are idiots. If you don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but how, I mean, I do understand like that sort of feeling as an outsider, uh, but don't get me started on uh, my feelings towards those books when they were out. I actually did not like them. I did not like that they existed for a long time. I was one of those people that was like, nope, Star Wars ends at uh, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> That's and, it. Sorry. Like, I know everyone's like, it used to be canon. I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was canon because yeah. George Lucas didn't want to do anything else. And he was like, sure, whatever. And so, like, it was canon until George Lucas was going to step in and go, no. <laughs> like, yeah. he never really. We'll, we'll have Matt on our on our All-Star Wars uh, <laughs> podcast, podcast yeah. that we have. I, um, we also I, have an all-ER podcast called Championship ER Talk. So if you're into ER, yeah. we can have that as well. Neither of Even these have had not. their <laughs> debut episodes yet, but we're working on it actively. I definitely, so. <laughs> I definitely have some Star Wars hot takes. And it's mostly it's, about 80s and 90s stuff, you know. Well, okay. you know, as someone who didn't, it was, Star Wars for me was a boy thing when I was growing up. Sure. It was a boy thing. But, like, I think similarly, similarly to how I feel towards, like, pink and pop stars now, how much I love them. I think it's the access that people have to these things now where before sure. you kind of had to search for it if you really exactly. wanted to see it. But now yes. you can find that stuff anywhere. So I think sure. more people are can gravitate towards it because of that. Yeah. Um, and like, I think there's less, I feel it with my nieces and nephews too, like in their high school, there's less clicks. So like, I think people are, that sort of stuff is just going away a little bit more where people can just are comfortable doing whatever the hell they want without feeling too judge. I'm sure there are those jerks out there, but I think yeah. it, there's way less of that nowadays, which I really appreciate. Okay. I'll put it to you this way. I was at the Irvine yeah. spectrum last night and the last time I've been Irvine, for those of you who don't know, or for international listeners or the giant country, mall. Irvine spectrum is a very big mall outdoor mall. Yeah. And it was nice. The weather was like, you know, mm-hmm. 65 degrees last night at the coolest. And and, you know, a Friday night. So all these kids are there walking around and there was an entire unit of kids, like a unit, like 10 of them dressed in various forms of which I'm not going to pretend to know what it was, but various forms of like anime cosplay. Sure. And they were all just acting a fool in this area. And I remember thinking like I was telling Christina and the other people we were with, I was like, there is no way at 14 years old I would have done that because I would have looked so dorky. And not had the permission to do that. You know what I mean? Like, there's no mm-hmm. way. And part of me turned into Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds, where I was like, nerds mentally. But then part <laughs> of me was like, that's kind of cool that they're just like, hey, man, I'll let this is what I do, bro. I come yeah. here and I dress up like whatever this is. <laughs> you know? Oh, but see, and dance around the mall. But see, I'm a nerd. Uh, and I, pro- I don't know if I would go full cosplay, but like a lot of my senior year, you know, that goofy hat at Disneyland. With the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot of my senior the actual year, goofy hat. Yeah. I, yeah. A lot of my senior year in high school, I wore that hat just everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that was my thing. But I guarantee you, I I love to troll my own fandom. The things that I'm a fan of, I love to troll that 
So I'll, I'll tr- like on Star Wars Day, I put up all the like weird like I'll put up a a picture of Spock and go happy star wars day like that's just who i am to just mm-hmm. and i still yeah. when i see people being nerdy i'm like nerd um, <laughs> yeah, totally. because it's just like it is you know it's a little bit self-deprecating i'm but, the same way oh, but yeah. I, I applaud their nerddom i applaud yeah. it because i have yeah. a whole storage unit full of like classic star wars toys that i'm like I'm to the point now where I'm a grown man or I'm like, okay, none of this stuff will ever be as valuable as I think it is. And it'll, you know, my, I only need one or two items and I'll be whole the rest of it. I want to put into like a, uh, a box and just put it out in the middle of my band rehearsal space and have all my band nerd friends just take what they want. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just over it. I mean, so I'll take some. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool, cool. All right. I'll set, I'll set one aside. I gotta, I gotta, you know, I got some stuff for you anyway. So let's, let's talk about our, uh, like let's I talk said, about well, your podcast, Matt. Oh, yeah, let's I talk about podcast. your podcast. So, I thought we were you have a podcast. When, That's why you're here. When today. did you start? When when not playing Star Wars uh, and things and dressing in a goofy hat, literally goofy hat. Yeah. What made you want to start on the Upbeat Ska the podcast? What's the history there? Just briefly, like how did you get it started? So, on the Upbeat, kind of poured out of my old podcast. Uh, it's called Matt Vest versus His Friends, hmm. and I started to. So I would interview and talk with friends about sort of like things going on in society. So um, whatever social issues were in the news that month or that week or whatever, we would talk about them. And, you know, it's about being friends with those that disagree with you. And so I had kind of made some friends in the ska scene and I kind of I would have them on and kind of pretty often, especially towards the last couple of years of that podcast. Um. And so my wife was like, why don't you start a ska podcast? And I kind of was like, nah, nah. And most of that was, most of my saying no to it was, because I was already doing that podcast, the Matt Vest versus Friends podcast, by myself, essentially. And I was carrying it and trying to push it. And it was all me. (laughs) And it was just tiresome. It was just a big burden. Uh, So I didn't want to do that again. And she's like, but ask, you know, you know, so many people in ska bands and stuff around here. Just ask someone. And eventually I kind of like, okay, so early 2019, I, um, I reached out to Tara Han from Half Past Two <laughs> and we started to talk about doing a ska podcast and that went back and forth for a couple of weeks. We, we had a couple of little meetings about like, what would we do? What would we call it? Um, you know, and what would the format be and all that stuff. But eventually she ultimately decided to step out of it because, um, you know, she was a mom and yeah, between, between being a mom and being in a band, she, um, just felt like it was too much. And, uh, and I totally got it and stuff. So eventually, uh, that led me to, uh, contacting, uh, Aaron Bertram, who played trumpet in Suburban Legends, and because I had kind of had a friendship with him for a bit, and so that's where it started. So eventually, Aaron and I um, got it started in September of 2019, and it was literally right before um, uh, a f- ska festival that happens out in in Orange County, uh, Bruce Ska Ska. So mm-hmm. it kind of started with with that kind of already 
You know, it was something we could tangibly talk about, like, right then and there, right? So uh, that was sort of like a good coincidence. Um, and then uh, it just kind of built from there. And eventually the pandemic hit um, about 20 episodes in. And Aaron had to step away because Aaron's whole livelihood is live entertainment. He yeah. he was working at Disneyland. He, he and his wife had a has a kids sort of singing group and that all went away because they taught kids music in schools and because schools closed, Disneyland closed, couldn't perform live anywhere. They had to, they had to scramble to figure out like, how are we gonna eat? You know? So he stepped away then. And then RJ stepped in. Uh, I reached out to RJ. RJ, he also runs uh, 23 minutes of ska and he'd been doing that. He's been doing that for like 10 or 12 years or something like that. And uh, and so he kind of – he already had a following. And he and I hooked up to actually do like a little crossover thing for On the Upbeat and 23 Minutes of Ska. And But that's right when Aaron had to step away. So I asked RJ like, hey, uh, would you want to um, come co-host On the Upbeat? And he said yes. And then – you know, and then slowly but surely things started to like we uh, uh, because, you know, I got some tax money. I <laughs> I reached out to um, Cody from Millington, who uh, Millington is an East Coast ska band. And I said, hey, um, can I pay you to write and record a, our intro song? And he said yes. And then um Adam Davis, formerly of Link 80 and uh, currently of Omnigon, stepped in and offered us a like a really professional logo. Because the one thing I don't have skills on is art. Like I, I have no art skills mm-hmm. whatsoever. Um, and uh, so that was great because it made it more professional. We had a theme song that, you know, always makes things sound, you know, just cooler and then we started it was making... all falling into place yes it all so like, it just yeah. kind of it kind of actually started to really grow out of mm-hmm. uh, you know uh around the time rj came on and that's not the, you know so like don't think of that because of uh you know aaron or anything like that it just was like a lot of things fell into place uh basically yeah it's, it's that... the, the the soup comes together how it comes together yeah i mean it's just yeah. it's kind of the same story with everything which yeah. is you know i would actually say it's kind of if I had to point to one thing, it was the pandemic because all yeah. of a sudden everyone was home in a bunch of free time. So people said yes to things that you may have had a harder time getting them to do. Oh, um, for sure. And they're well, just like, yeah, I just say as an outsider, not knowing any of that or not knowing when you started, it seems like I, it was kind of like the way you guys organically grew was really well done because I looked at it like, Oh, this has always been here. I just haven't seen it. You know, yeah. versus Same. like I like you could have told me, oh, the podcast has been around for five years. I just hadn't seen it, and that that very well could be with algorithms and all this other stuff. You know, with, sure. I mean, it seems like Facebook is getting way way more sliced up, and as a dead platform, and like Instagram as well, where you only see the same people. So I, that's kind of what I thought about it as yeah. like, oh, this must have been. It looks like clearly it's established. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, so that's that's the way it felt to me. But yeah, and then as an outsider, you know, and so like we fine-tune like having segments and stuff like that and you know now we have our pal gary who kind of fills in when rj and i can't be there or um 
and he like pre-records some stuff if we want to have a segment about like he does this uh segment called here today ska tomorrow uh you know and that came out of sort of uh, some conversations we had had about bands that kind of existed in that big gap between like 2000 and 2012 because like Uh in 2012 ska started to kind of come back a little bit like not necessarily in pop culture but i guess i started seeing it more on social media and uh and maybe that's just when i went to shows and so i kind of put it to gary and said like what about these man because you and i kind of missed that because like i you know when ska fell off in the 90s all i did was follow the other the bands i already knew for the most part that's all yeah i've been (laughs) listening to the same stuff since i was in seventh grade (laughs) over and over again and then a few you know there's a few different examples that kind of you know uh, my local scene obviously kind of like i'd eventually uh i kind of got connected i kind of uh got connected with suburban legends and that opened up a different um actually because i went to high school with vince and i basically saw suburban legends playing in downtown disney at one point i was like hey i know that guy so um that's rad yeah. yeah the well so so clearly you're a vast you're a fan you've had a vast history with it um you know what so talking about your your let's get should we get to the playlist piece let's let's talk about the, the actual mix here um and we we drew straws beforehand and uh they elected me to go first which is probably not the best idea this is setting the tone for the rest of the episode mike no this pressure. Is setting the tone exactly you know? exactly so because it's setting the tone um and because we i think if you're talking about if the topic is your top five ska punk tracks yeah. right that's what it is right matt that's yeah. that matt yes. picked the topic so that's what it is yeah. so you cannot have a 90 ska slash punk mix without this band like what seriously like you know as we know it today this is kind of the precursors and i think that like what you're saying matt about how the taste and change and and kind of like i think the genre kind of eats itself at different times or kind of turns on itself and and, you know there's a there's a lot of hate about real big fish that's out there uh being like hawaiian shirt ska or whatever they call it but if it wasn't for a band like real big fish None of these other bands would, and I mean that none of them would mm-hmm. probably be around the way they are now with the popularity they are because talk about a band longer and stronger than anyone, you know, and they went everywhere. They went to Russia. They've been, I mean, if there's a place with a stage, Rubik Fish has played there. And yeah. the fact that they kept ska music alive in all of these places, there's the same way that, um, the toasters did it in the eighties, the same way that Bim Scala Bim did it in the eighties and fishbone and all the, and from, from the eighties till now, you know, it's like from the two tone era that dropped off in the early eighties to turn the radio off coming or operation Ivy or whatever, or dance hall crashers coming, like being really relevant in 1990s, whoever played in that 10 year gap, those are people that kept it alive. And real big fish did that for 15 years they did that for Mm -hmm. 20 years you know playing constantly so i think we're remiss unless we mention the song sell out from turn the radio off from real big fish's uh major major record so we're gonna i'm gonna play that so here it is sell out by real big fish (laughs) 
It's a great song. Why wouldn't you like yeah. it? Yeah, Matt, what are your thoughts on on Sellout? Sellout, I think, um, obviously, it's definitely one of the songs that I think of in the '90s. Now, it's not on my yeah. list, uh, mostly because I kind of was trying to be like out, slightly outside of the box, but still staying in the box. Sure. But there, there, it, there's a fine line on this podcast, right? And I always I struggle with this all the time because there are obvious choices, which I try to stay yes. away from, right? I try yes. to stay yes. away from obvious choices, thinking that our our thinking that our listeners are smarter than that. You know what I mean? So we yeah. struggle with this all the time. But I just think, yeah, dude, you can't you can't not mention this band. Like yeah. you cannot mm-hmm. you can not not mention this band. Yeah. You know? And I guess, yeah. you know, so like the song, like it's unbelievably catchy. Um, sure. It, and it connects with what it means to be in a band. So if you're in a band or even just a performer in general, like I don't care, like if you're trying to become an actor or a, an artist, you know, painter, whatever, like, I don't care. Like you relate to this song on a lot of levels, you know, working a day job, but trying to follow your passions and all that stuff. Like it is unbelievably relatable. Um, totally. And then you just add, now if we're talking about the album overall, like that iconic cover of, you know, yeah. Jed uh, the fish, Jed, Jed the, the fish, the radio. Rock, like getting with yeah. the, yeah. with the, yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. The, the, well, yeah, dude, I think as a, I, at the time I have a unique perspective on this man, just because at the time, um, I had already become friends with real big fish playing in ska bands or whatever. And, and Aaron was, was a friend and would call, he would call my house. So we, I used to have be in this band called my superhero. And he had this, we had this hotline that went in our kitchen. Basically it was like our, our office line. <laughs> so nice. And I remember thinking, yeah, we spent 30 bucks a month on this, like 30 bucks a month was a lot of money. And I was like, Oh, I, well we need a line. We need like a hotline. Right. That had a little machine on it where you could call and get like show updates and stuff about not just our band, but everybody's band. And so Aaron would call from his job when he, he worked at subway in seal beach. And he'd call and like, hey, oh, you know, he's painfully, Aaron's painfully awkward. Even if you're friends with him, he's painfully awkward. And he was like, hey, uh, this girl, this girl uh, work with wants to talk to you. I was like, like, (laughs) so adolescent, like, okay. And she gets on there and she says to me, "Um, who is this? I'm like, this is Mike. She goes, oh, are you the accordion guy? Are you the, are you the, the other singer with the, with the eyes? I'm like, I'm the accordion guy. She goes, oh, I thought you were the other guy. It's like, oh no, I'm not the other guy. Okay, great. But but, you know, that song resonated with me because of that. Knowing Aaron, knowing how he was, and uh, it's just—he's right, dude. I mean, there's you know, quit your day job and and do your band because it's it's a better outcome than (laughs) than just doing your day job. Trust me, especially if you're working at a subway. So, (laughs) and honestly, like, gun to my head, if someone was like sing a ska song right now or sing a ska riff or something like i guarantee the first thing that's going to come to my head is bum bum it's the only thing that's going to come to my head it's the true, only true. yeah it's such it's such a good song it's such a fun song um yeah and, and it's just because of how it starts like i think all the yeah. best songs whatever genre it is 
if it comes in like super hard with a super catchy, little fanfare, yeah, yeah. sure, some mm-hmm. fanfare. It like it's an absolute hit. Like oh, I I absolutely hate a forever. slow intro. A slow intro yeah. kills it for me. It, the song could be beautiful and amazing, but if I have to wait 10, 15 seconds before I hear anything. Which radio guys love. They love that because they could talk over it. Yeah. Right? They hit the post I, I right can't. when it comes in. Yeah. So, well, Julia, do you, you want to go next? What do you think? Or Matt, who, who wants to go Matt, next? Matt, so do we'll you want to go? Or? Yeah, I'll go next since we're kind of talking. Yeah, let's continue with Real Biff Chris. So, part of my thought was to think in the box, but still outside of the box. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, all of the songs on my list, I think. Both represent um, ska in the 90s, both by their bands and kind of the overall sound, uh, as well as, like, subject matter, you know, popular subject matters. So, like, uh, Real Big Fish is off the same album uh, that Mike was just mentioning, Turn the Radio Off, uh, Everything Sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my number one pick. Uh, and it's because, you know, it's a song that really... Uh, connects with this sort of like I'm trying, but it just is not turning out the way I want. There's a ska band on my street. A little ska band. Everybody thinks that they're so fucking neat. There was nothing on the radio. It's gonna make my old band play my old show. But that don't work, so I'm giving up again. Yeah, so that dude again, that's a great one. I think uh I've heard just heard that song so many times just, live. That whole so album like, is just a good album. Yeah, like, I it's like how Tavis so well how Tavis done. on the trumpet ekes in that last part of the horn pair where it's just like <laughs> just comes in at the very end. Yeah. It's really super cool. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, good choice, man. Well, what about you, Julia? What do you got? I'm about to mess up the flow on this guys i did also a real big fish (laughs) (laughs) but it's from why do they rock so hard (laughs) yeah so i took this as my favorite 90s ska punk and not necessarily like the best or the biggest and so it's the best to you right so that's yeah yeah so i'm gonna go um and i surprisingly looking at this a lot of female fronted bands which I love. So oh, I'm going to go shock. with. Oh my God. That's so surprising for you. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> um, meal ticket. Meal ticket oh, cool. is yeah. one of my absolute right. favorites. I love them so much. Um, her voice is so good, but also weird. And she can really sing. And they just are super more punk than they are ska sometimes. But I, I just, I don't know. They're all over the place, but I love it. But the song is called super positive. That's uh, that's super catchy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're they're really good. I played a lot with Meal Ticket back in the day, man. I I I really like Jenna a lot. Like, I just liked her a lot. I, there was a lot of people who compared her to No Doubt uh, to Gwen, which I can from, see I, with the voice and stuff. Yeah, 
that kind of a flex, uh, inflection that she has, where she kind of goes, mm-hmm. she goes, she doesn't go flat, but she goes that she goes to that, yeah. that soft side of that note there. All she does that a lot. And, uh, yeah, Gwen was kind of doing the same thing. So there's a lot of people who had that comparison between the two, mm-hmm. but I like, I had a crush on her. I was like, I, I really liked her a lot. She was, she was great back then. I love playing with meal ticket because the guys were super cool. They went on later well, to start over. pushover. Yeah. Pushover. I love pushover so much too. They're so good. Yeah. So I, I, I've told this story before, but Matt, you probably haven't heard it. Uh, but I was at uh, the first time I ever traveled to play um, ska music. Uh, it was, it was, God, it had to be like 1995, 1994, something like that. And uh, they had this, they had this uh, festival called Scott Patrick's day in uh, uh-huh. Salt Lake city. And every band that you can think of was driving out for that real big fish got us on it. Uh, but we, we were there with the Aquabats. They headlined one of the nights. We were playing at like eight o'clock, one of the nights, you know, it's like no big deal. And it was so cool because we had, um, we were there, like we played on the Friday and then on the Saturday, Real Big Fish was like, why don't you guys just play 15 minutes on our gear? Like, and they were headlining it. So it was like, wow, that's really cool. So they had us there. Like Aaron was just like, no, we're not, no, we're not going on yet. These guys are going to go on. You guys missed them yesterday. You can check out this band. And so we played like 10, 15 minutes. And after we were done playing, I was kind of standing around watching Ruby fish play. And Jen, I, who had played earlier from meal ticket comes up to me and she goes, she's like, oh my God, I really love your guys' harmonies. And she's talking to me for so long and she was older. She's older than me. So I was like, oh my God, I was like, so like, oh my God, I can't believe she's talking to me. And, uh, and no joke, one of the, I think Christian from the Aquabats come over. He goes, "Hey, dude, what happened there?" I was like, "Nothing." He goes, "I go, like, oh, nothing." She was just saying she liked she liked the show. He goes, "I think she likes you." And I'm like, "No," <laughs> I was such like a dork about her. I'm like, "No, there's no way. There's totally no way." Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> but anyway, that's my uh, that's my meal ticket story that I have. Well, yeah. You had your chance. Had Mike. my chance with Jenna, and I missed it. I was in. We were in the exotic locales of a gym in 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 Provo, Utah. I totally could have had my shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, it's been my life experience that two things happen. One, uh, guys. Uh, actually, I guess it's kind of the same thing. But my it's been my life experience that guys can never tell when someone likes them. They they have no clue i mean it could be like <laughs> the most that's the difference between the average man and like a lothario guy who gets it all the time is like he just has that thing where it's like oh i'm aware that this is happening <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe that's what it is so anyway yeah it's others I, of us just go through better life better like that. that than a super cocky sure. overly yeah. cocky sure, right? yeah. Yeah. you know although a lot of missed opportunities you never know a lot yeah, of missed opportunities. that's true too yeah. Well, we'll just bid you All right. build you a time machine, Mike. Um, we will. Your t- we will. Your turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. Back so, to you. Uh, another ska punk list. Although this album came out in 1989, it's not really mm. considered. Mm. It's not a night, but it's still. You're on the cusp. It matters to me, and it's a it. You couldn't have a ska punk list without playing Operation Ivy. So. Sure. I'm going to play sound system. I mean, you can't say enough about Operation Ivy. They basically invented this. <laughs> they invented all this. You know what I mean? It's like, it wasn't a thing until you think about like ska music in the eighties and, and how Fishbone was a really progressive band, right? A soul band and a ska band and just out there. I mean, just mm-hmm. even, even realms of like metal and fast punk and all this stuff. And they were just, the, they were the guys who really set the stage, but to lay out the template for ska punk, 
Operation Ivy did that. Like they just put it out there and said, okay, here's, here's what it sounds like. And only one horn, <laughs> only one horn solo on any of the songs. And that's, and that's a song we're not going to play now. So here's sound system. <laughs> it was remastered in 2007. Uh, but uh, here's Op Ivy sound system. You always know that it's going to have to go. You always know that you'll be back in the cold. When I'm the project, I'm the main in the song. So it's coming to give it that hope, but just let the captain and go. What? Sounds that I'm going to bring me back up. Right? One thing that I can't depend on. Sounds that I'm going to bring me back up. Yeah. One thing that I can't depend on. Static pulse inside of music bringing us escape. So temporary changing us. It's a classic. Like, what else could you say? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is absolutely classic. So I, I have to admit, and I think a lot of people know this, and Mike, I actually think we talked about this when you were on on the Upbeat, uh, or at least some similar t- version of this topic. Um, sometimes it's hard to really love a record when it doesn't sound great, but like sure. you know that there's genius in it, and or maybe you've seen the band live. Um, and, uh, so, you know, just how awesome it is. And that album for me, like it's, it's, it's difficult for me to always listen to it, but I, uh, you know, I remember the first time I heard operation Ivy, I was in, um, my friend's car and he had literally just picked up the CD and, uh, we were actually sitting in our church parking lot and he had just like gone to the store and picked it up and um and i do remember like but you know in the car everything sounded better and then uh you know and i didn't care as much but now i'm an old man when i listen to it on spotify i'm like oh why can't it sound better (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah it's true it is definitely one of those songs it's just Man, in such a in a band that only lasted what what two years technically? Yeah, yeah. Like, two years. But uh, such... think about 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 being a forefront of a genre without even them realizing it. I, I doubt. I doubt that they were all together, Freeman and and Lint or Tim Armstrong, and and you know uh, everybody was around Jesse. They were around saying, "Oh yeah, we're revolutionizing things." No, they're just street kids yeah. that were into this. And like, how do you make it punk? How do you make it you know reflect where you live and, and where yeah, you're from? Exactly. And I think being you know, we kind of recognize that being from Anaheim. How do we do what our type of ska the way we want to do it here? That isn't like no doubt or isn't you know. You kind of contribute mm-hmm. your verse, but their verse ended up turning into a chapter. You know, uh, they yeah. they just had so much to say and at the right place in the right time. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. And and you know, the album was recorded. I had actually already recorded. My very first band was called Fish Truck, and we recorded in some dude's house. And we basically took the guitars and plugged them right into the board, and they sounded just like that. They sounded just like those Operation Ivy guitars. So it was like, when I heard that, it was probably 1992. I don't know when I, by the time I, it, that a cassette of that, of Operation Ivy got to me. And I remember listening to that in my buddy's truck and the tape deck and like thinking, wow, this sounds like something we would do. <laughs> you know, so like, <laughs> right. I was like, I really like it. Cause it's like, it was totally attainable. Like you could do yeah, it. I could sure. do this. And I think that's part of, um, a genre being popular is kind of how easily attainable is it, you know? And, and so maybe yeah. now like the way production value is and how it's, it, how everything is easily accessible. Maybe now it's impossible. It's possible for a kid in their living room. Obviously it is. Cause it happened, but like a, a, a brother, sister duo, like Billie Eilish would, will do like a, a song like bad guy. Uh, 
and have this rad production value and they can hear that and, and other people here go, oh, that's attainable for me. But for me, hearing Op Ivy was attainable. It was like, oh, we could do that. Yeah, or, sure. or, and, and not 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 unlike I'm sure it would be not comparing the two because comparatively they're very small, but similar in the way that you would hear Elvis Presley or Elvis Presley would hear Screaming Jay Hawkins or, you know, whatever sure. and think, wow, I can, I can do this. I know how to, I can play these chords. I can play these three chords and how do I get my voice to sound like that? And it's not a high barrier of entry. And that's kind of why Scott's great because you never know when the next great band's going to come around because the production value doesn't have to be so awesome. So yeah. I agree with you on that. I agree that it, it could be hard to listen to, but I love the lo-fi of it. You know, it reminds me of listening to like, I like the, lo-fi, yeah. the Velvet Underground, like, or something where it's like this, this like, hissy like really ambient white noise that's in it which is like <laughs> like in the record it's yeah, like what yeah. the hell you couldn't master this any better than that but yeah. the answer where you're no. like is there something wrong with my my system with my totally. stereo or you have to question it yeah is there something wrong yeah, exactly. with my sound system exactly. oh. <laughs> your sound system's got to bring me back up man because yeah. we're playing <laughs> virtuoso shit here you just can't hear it <laughs> <laughs> And we have to say also that that was uh, bringing it back full circle to projects that Julia is involved in. So the Muzak uh, charity, they actually reunited two members of Ivy anyway, uh, several months ago for, uh, for, and they actually played sound system. So it was great. Jesse for Michaels and Tim Carnival. Armstrong mm-hmm. for the Muzak carnival, which was really great to witness. So, uh, Oh my I'm God, it was, it, t- it was so fun to watch, but then. I wanted to wild out on that, but you're surrounded by a bunch of adults. It's not like you're not at a, you're not at a show. You're watching this performance and almost like an art piece. Like I'm watching this art piece here unfold. And like, you want to go crazy, but you can't because there's like, well, I will tell you this, you were right in front. You were right in front. You had cameras all around you and stuff. I was was actually three or four people behind you and um, I don't know if Sean listens to the show, but there's this artist named Sean Foley who does a lot of punk rock paintbrush artwork uh, for punk rock and paintbrushes. She was behind me and uh, she's totally punk. Her boyfriend's got a full like Liberty Spike mohawk or whatever. And they're young and they flipped out like to no end. And I remember thinking, mm-hmm. wow, that's super, super cool to hear. I didn't even want to look back at them, but they were just freaking <laughs> out and, and singing that was just every two word. songs. That was yes, two songs. Was like that's the one band I think along with the Smiths, I would say Operation Ivy and the Smiths are the one band that people want to reunite. Yeah. That will never reunite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gone too soon. Right. It's yeah. like they, they, you know, a lot of people have discovered them. It's like, Oh my God, I have to see this band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I pretty, I would tell you if, if the Smiths reunited, I'd pay all the money and travel where I need to go to go see them. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, what is keeping up Ivy from reuniting? Is there, a- I don't know particular so th- there's no well tim and jesse got together so we and we know and we know that matt freeman's in like five bands he's in the volturas he's in mm-hmm. devil's brigade he's in rancid he's you know so he has no problem playing so what are we doing here <laughs> i mean because <laughs> you, know? you, you know that they could sell out oh you know yeah. easily Dude. a 1500 person venue they could oh, go on a oh that'd be in a heartbeat every yeah night, every they night. could go but on yes. a tour across the and just play that album like they wouldn't have no totally they wouldn't have yeah. to come up with and any it would take material. 48 minutes like it wouldn't be <laughs> i mean in watching the the two songs that they did it took jesse a second to get back into it and then maybe that's the hesitation that like maybe everyone else has been doing projects but he 
hasn't and for whatever reason yeah. so well jesse's an artist too though i have a piece of yeah. his art um you know what i mean like he he, he can sit he's a he's a true artist like he he's into music but he's also into paintings and other yeah. things so i don't know i mean that would be i hey i'm sure people have thrown the money at him you know yeah. i'm sure that i am Half, sure yeah. that paul Tolle has hit him up for coachella i mean i can't mm-hmm. confirm that but i right. bet my I bet something on that. I mean, that's you know. Yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he offer him two million bucks to do that for yeah. one Coachella? For sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. And you all know. Right. That, well, Matt, what, all right, next, Matt. Matt. What do you got? Matt, go all, for it. All right. So my second pick. Uh, this was probably uh, the. So I picked this song because one, it's the first song off of one of my favorite albums um, from the '90s, and. I think hearing this really, and the first moment I heard it, the situation I was in, I think really solidified me being a ska fan. Like if mm-hmm. if you were to look at like my ska origin story, this hearing this song for the first time was like m- me getting into ska. Because I obviously I grew up in Orange County, California. I I knew of Real Big Fish before I was into ska simply because they played nearby, uh, you know, venues where I lived. Because uh, I showcase theater, baby. Uh, <laughs> the the popular place that I always knew that they were playing is this. Uh, uh, it was called Side by Side, uh, the skating rink in uh, Huntington yeah, Beach. Yeah, I, I promoted those shows. Oh, yeah? I was the guy who promoted oh. all those shows. Yeah. <laughs> so full I, circle, full circle. I had, I just knew a bunch of people who, uh, you know, were into ska and knew that band. And I'd probably, I think, Nick's I, ska shows were awesome. They were really great. Those those shows were awesome. I so like I'd even heard Real Big Fish before this, uh, but it was so. My second pick is uh, Spiderwebs from No Doubt. And uh, I'll play it for you, and then we'll come back, and I'll tell you more. So the way I first heard this was um, I was hanging out at a friend's house. This is going to sound all 90s. I was <laughs> hanging out at a friend's house, and we had just been... Finished playing with our pogs. <laughs> possibly. Possibly. Uh, I had to feed my Yamaguchi thing. My Yamagachi. <laughs> Yamagachi, whatever it's called. Uh, but I, I was a grown ass man when that came in. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, we were, we had just watched a movie on Laserdisc. Um, like, wow. Seriously, right? Yeah. Uh, you guys had a few bucks. Wow. Dang. Yeah. Well, those were special <laughs> days in school when they brought the Laserdisc in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then my friend uh, comes in, had just gotten off work. And uh, earlier that day, had picked up this album, and I really think it was even before they blew up. I think the album maybe had only been out like a month, because it actually did take yeah. uh, them a little bit of time before the album blew up. Um, and uh, so he comes in, puts it in, and we just listen to it, 
And just the way that that song comes in, it's so recognizable. You mm-hmm. can't not, um, you know. That's a great track one. Yeah. That's a great it's track a great, one. It's yeah. a great opener. And so yeah. it's, um, and it also sort of fills that void for like, I don't know, I think common, you know, song topics of like, you're trying to avoid someone, you know, irritating person. Cause that's kind of what the song's about. Um, and, uh, so I, and just, and just the whirlwind that that, you know, you know, that band eventually went on those, yeah. you know, first those, you know, from like late 96, all the way pretty much through the nineties, really. Um, but oh yeah. First... Well, if you well, trust me, man, you're you're from Anaheim. You know, it's like there, no doubt's first drop was so. There's such legends here in Anaheim anyway. When we were kid, when I was a kid, yeah. and that's from playing Team Fest and like playing these crazy free shows and and scooter rallies and stuff like that that we all kind of got into when we were kids. But to have that, the day that out Al- that no doubt's first record came out, the the. Self-tale? the interscope release mm-hmm. yeah that was a big day and i was like well what happened i think that album might have sold five thousand copies around the country like it didn't do anything yeah. but i was legitimately in a band in a working band and still close with no doubt at the time when when tragic kingdom came out and i remember listening to that thinking like oh my god this is like this album is the best sounding album i ever heard like yeah it's it sounds so good and uh the fact that they were friends and to say, to look at them as friends and be like, I'm so proud that like, I was legitimately proud. Like they, no doubt. I mean, they I'm seeing no doubt as like, truthfully, truthfully, <laughs> like the, the, the Stefani family lived two blocks from my house and to be able to, we go over there for holiday barbecues and stuff. I mean, every, a lot of people would, there'd be like 50 or 60 people there, but you know, to, to, to have that sense of pride, like this is ours and it's getting, it sounds so good it's it was almost like half the battle that that album was put together the way it was it was so beautifully put together it was like wow this we're legitimate like we're really legitimate like you know we have our we have our own thing here and this is what it sounds like and they were the representatives of that so i uh i love no doubt and i hate no doubt for different reasons um but (laughs) true true i agree as yeah go on so yeah i mean julie you have the same perspective i'm sure i mean growing up in garden grove and like having you know you know, the time, the time that you were growing up, I'm sure. Well, I mean, I'm so much younger than you guys, but I know I was, it was the first CD I ever guys, I was like, not even in (laughs) elementary school. I was like crazy. I I was though. I was, it was 90. I was in sixth grade when I bought that CD. Sixth grade. I was in love with that. That's pretty young. That's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. It was no doubt tragic kingdom. And then the show all that their soundtrack those were my first cds so <laughs> christina's laughing at me. i don't even know what that is but okay. <laughs> the kids snl it was nickelodeon's oh, SNL. Okay. um i i mean i was a guanabee i or i couldn't really dress like guanabee because i was a fat kid but like i loved gwen stefani so much i wanted to be her i still think she's cool i but then like you said there's a love hate with them because i think you want them to still be a band and yeah. you just haven't seen anything from them for so long. And Gwen's doing her own thing. So we know that probably won't ever happen, but listening to those albums, like I still, I even love rock steady. I think that's such a good album too. from them. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I like it too. Yeah. I, I actually like all their records. Um, mm-hmm. I like all their records for different reasons. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, uh, I agree. and, uh, yeah, they're, they're, 
they're an amazing band and just knowing how genuine the the members of are and yes. how i always just look at them adrian and tom and everybody it's like they're just like me they grew up here you know what i mean they kind of know what mm-hmm. it's like to go to bionic records and buy something or they know what it's like to go to del taco and sit in the concrete tables out in front and eat there and you know and just after fans a show of or, fans of the ska scene anyways you know yeah like no. I gotta that's tell what you, i love it, my life would be totally different had I never seen Eric Stefani. I saw Eric Stefani, and I've said this before in the podcast, but it, it was formative for me. I saw him uh, when I was walking back from Ball Junior High School, you know, in the heat or whatever, walking to my house. I lived right across from Loera High School. And uh, so walking to my condo that I lived in, and I saw these two rude boys jet out of Loera High School's parking lot. They make the right onto Euclid. They make the left onto wherever street that the Stefani's lived on. And I was sitting there, standing there, like by the corner, watching them, watching these Vespas go by. And one guy had a Fred Perry on and was like, had braces mm-hmm. and like boots. And, and I think Eric had like a, not even a helmet, had like a backwards, like cabbie thing hat on and just cruised by. And I remember thinking, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> and as soon as I could, I went out and bought a scooter and I started like, you know, I have three <laughs> scooters. I mean, they're in my garage right now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I started like, I oh, mean, I want to start, a, I want to start a band. I want to start a ska band. I want, you know what I mean? At the time when, you know grunge was more popular or other things were more popular i i wanted to start that you know because just because of the people i was around so i don't well, know what I my life would big... look like had i never met eric stefani i don't know i don't know what it looked like <laughs> well i think that's a big part of the ska scene is it sounds like i grew up in garden grove you're all from orange county it's the bands so many bands came from orange county or seem to have come from orange county that that you you do have this connection with the music too just because it's like hometown heroes you know that i think that's also why i love this genre so much and i've always loved it yeah yeah so like well julia what do you got oh Oh. i'm sorry matt you want go for it interject i was just gonna say that like so like my experience with a lot of this sort of blowing up in the 90s was very different because i didn't I didn't discover these bands because I was going to see them. I discovered them because they were on the radio. And Mm -hmm. so, like, Mm -hmm. when things started to happen and I start trying, you know, social media not existing and chat rooms online existing. And, like, by the way, chat rooms, while they were very different than social media, but the behaviors by people... Not much, yeah. not much different in the 90s. It was still like you go into like a ska chat room and it was just like, no doubt sucks. They're not really ska. <laughs> yeah. It was just right. all yeah. negative the moment you got in there. And I'm like, yeah, but 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 look at the thing. And I, you know, back then I didn't understand like uh, the differences of ska. I just knew that mm-hmm. they technically classified themselves as a ska band and and stuff like that. And. Uh, so that's, I mean, I mean, I did sort of eventually learn, you know, upstroking and, you know, on the upbeat and stuff like that. And, but like, it just was such a different experience because I didn't come to ska because of a scene. I came to ska, you know, because my friends were all going to shows or anything. (laughs) I discovered ska because it was on the radio and, um, you know. I. That's a way different perspective. That's a way different perspective, right? And, and I actually... And you can go listen to this on episode 20 of On the Upbeat. We do a, uh, a, is it episode 20 or maybe it's episode 19? Anyway, one of those early episodes, Aaron and I do a breakdown of the first three, uh, No Doubt albums. And I actually make the argument, and I think I proved the point, that Tragic Kingdom isn't any less ska than the other two albums. 
Yeah, I don't. Well, it could. I don't disagree. Yeah, I mean, you, it's got Sunday morning on it. It's got look at all the great ska songs that are on that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. so, yeah. No, I. I'm but even you. if you listen to Beacon Street, it's one thousand percent great record. Yeah, but so completely different from the self-titled, which yes, totally. sounds like the most ska they've ever been. Yeah, it, you don't hear that go forward. But I also I really appreciate that from them that they have that when bands progress and change up their style and try things new. I appreciate that from a band rather than, yeah. you know, same thing over and over again for 10 or 12 albums. Cause then what do you need to listen to? You know? Well, yeah. Eric Stefani helped produce my band's second record. And when he was in there, think about this, he was in there recording with us and he was drawing for the Simpsons. Right. Uh, and he had the number one album in the country, the number one single in the country. And he was no longer in no doubt. He was like, no, I, I just don't do that anymore. I'm like, dude, what do you mean you don't do that anymore? It's like, he goes, well, there's other guys who play keyboard better than me. I don't need to do it. And and I think he had to give up the fact that it was his band at some point and yeah. that the band was a collective. And obviously the leadership was going more towards Gwen, you know, as a star, because uh, that's what has value in Hollywood, right? That's what has value in, yeah. in the music business. And the fact that they got Matt Wilder, I remember talking to him about it and he goes, well, they, they're mixing the record. Uh, they're doing all this stuff. Um, and he is, and I'm like, oh, did you have an active role in mixing the record? Cause we happen to be mixing this record that he was helping with. And he goes, he goes, no, they have experts that do that. I didn't do that. And I remember knowing him thinking he was kind of a controlling guy when it came to his artwork. And it seemed like he had just succumbed to like, okay, well, no, this is, this is going forward. This is how it's going to be. And, uh, you know, it wasn't sad per se. It was just like, oh, there was like kind of a passing of the torch there. And yeah. I think that Matt Wilder who produced tragic kingdom is he was the perfect guy for that time. Clearly he was because yeah. look at the success it sold what in the initial first year it sold like 17 million copies. That's insane. Yeah. You know, that's an insane yeah. amount of records. That's like guns and roses style record sales. So yeah. anyway, well, mm -hmm. Julia, let's move on. Cause we're, I think we're dwelling. So let's, let's go. Let's, Y'all are in your, you're in nostalgia today. Um, I know, right. I got, yeah. <laughs> stop that. Um, no, I, I'll play it. I truly love this song. I, Think about ska bands, they do cover songs. Every ska band does a cover song. Um, Always. Mustard Plug, I love. I love Mustard Plug, and I love their cover of The Freshman. I think it's just oh such a... Gosh. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Okay. Um, but that's all I can say <laughs> the about The Verve Pipe, cause... The Freshman? That, that yeah. song? The Verve Pipe? The verve okay, gotcha. Is it The Verve or The Verve the, Pipe? The Verve Pipe. Yeah, The Verve that is a different, different band. That's the... Oh, okay. Greatest one hit wonder of all time is the verb. Yeah. Well, aren't they both one hit wonders? No. Probably. Pro probably. Um, don't, get okay, Ashcroft, let's Rich, don't get Ashcroft mixed up in this verb pipe situation. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Apologies. But yeah, let's listen to the freshman by mustard plug. When I was young, I knew everything. She a punk who barely ever took advice. Now I feel sick and sobbing with my head on the floor. I'm a baby's bed and a ship for the right now. Can't be held responsible. She was such a hurt face. I won't be held responsible. She fell in love in the first place. All the life of me, I cannot remember. Great. I have never heard that before. Really? I've never heard that. Never heard it in my life. Me oh, neither. I'm surprised. That's, that's... I'd never heard it either. See? There you go. It definitely sounds I... like a song I'd want to listen to. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, I love I'm that shocked. they had the balls to do that. That's ballsy. Yeah. That's ballsy to do that song about suicide and all that shit. Like it's crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it just like 
I love, and I don't know anything about music, music structure, whatever. I just love the intensity of that song and the way they play and the horn section of that. Like, I, it's just so good to me and so well done. I just, I like the fact that they were sitting around in the 90s and they heard that song and they're like, because that, that song is so macabre. It's it was so, like right? the number one song. Yeah. That lead that's in there. And they're like, oh, I know. All you got to do is do, what do they want? <laughs> that sounds like something Mustard Plug would do. They're really cool dudes. They're really cool dudes that still do it, man. They're just they're just dope. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that I know that, that song exists now. I didn't know that song was out there. Where did you find that? Was that on some comp or something? No, I mean, what so was this? High records? school. I found it on Limeware somewhere, wow. Lime and it probably okay. I probably never even knew who sang it for the longest time um it just probably it just said the freshman ska i think when i yeah. downloaded the file and, and she's like I just, i'm a freshman yeah and then i love the song for, since then and then i figured out who it was but yeah that's dope that's really yep. cool awesome um okay so i'm next your turn uh, let's see let's see so i'm just looking at my um i'm just looking at my own personal like ska playlist that i have and i was mm-hmm. gonna play beer by master plug but i'm not gonna do that now because since you just did that sorry you, Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, everyone. Sorry. Um, let's see. Suicide. Oh, uh, you know what? Here's what I'm gonna do. Not necessarily the song that I want, but uh, the band I want. So uh, I'm gonna play Dancehall Crashers again from the from the Operation Ivy family. <laughs> you know the offshoot. Right. Uh, Tim Armstrong's side project got this band started, and uh, oh, Elise shit. Rogers. I, I had no idea. What? I didn't really? know. No. No clue. Oh man, yeah, yeah. No, Tim Armstrong started this band, um, and oh. uh, and got and he he was friends with Elise, uh, the what I heard, and she recruited Karina to do it. But uh, and then Elise, in her own right, became a powerhouse in ska music and, and music in general. Managed Blink was the early manager of Blink One Eighty Two, um, Hepcat. You know, she she managed a lot of great bands and still is very active in music today. But um, here is Lost Again by Dancehall Crashers. They were on my list. I was going to play a song oh. from them too. Well, you can't. Matt played a song from Rubikush, so I guess you can play a, a dance on Crasher song. If you we'll want. mix it in later. What song were you going to play? Just curious. Uh, do you think you're beautiful? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good song too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they um, again they uh, you know she she they actually went on there. There was a whole scandal uh, with a record label called Five One O Records and Way Cool Records um, that happened in the '90s, where Way Cool Records was started by green day's manager mm-hmm. and their first signing was um they they signed they there was a whole thing where uh or dancehall crash was supposed to sign with them they ended up signing with 510 and i think the guy was trying to start this way cool record label in seal beach and uh all the bands dropped out and the only band that he had was a band called mr merengue and mr merengue was so prolific back then they had this album i promise you if we went to a CD store right now, somewhere in Orange County, there are five Mr. Merengue records in there, <laughs> like in the used CD, <laughs> CD thing. But anyway, that's a, 
DHC, they live on uh, forever. We're going to, we're, we're actually, I'm not going to give that away. We actually have something in the works. So not going to give it away though. Not going to talk about it. <laughs> Why do you dangle uh, that? You just dangle yeah. that little bit. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying if you, uh, if you get a ticket to Summer Sizzler, you may find out. I'm just going to say that. How's that? Oh, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. I don't know. I don't know. We're working. Uh, nothing's official. It may not happen. Okay. You're, you're going <laughs> to tell me when we stop recording this. Yeah. 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 We'll see. Yeah, this, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So here's like, I did not discover dance hall crashers really until like the late 90s. Uh, oh, I, wow. I picked up, I think I'd heard of them, but I don't think I got into them. I got into them on uh, with, I think it's technically their last actual album, Per. I think yeah. is that their last record. Um, that's when I that's the record I picked up. So, um, but I've I've fallen in love with them like so much. I love the old record. I I think all the records are great. I don't. I I couldn't even. I almost did put. I almost put Lost Again on my own list, uh, be, simply because of just bands that I know made an impact on the scene and. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, so I found I discovered an interesting fact. I don't know if either of you have read the uh, in, De- in Defense of Ska book uh, by Aaron Carr. No, but I want it. Yeah. It's on my Not list. Yet, but it's, yeah. Uh, but in that, he tells a story about basically how Real Big Fish wrote Sellout after sort of um, Dance Hall Crashers sort of getting a lot of flack for not having horns that makes sense because like that was seen as like selling out because like horns weren't cool and i'm like yeah so he kind of wrote kind of you know it's not like about that situation as much as it is like basically him saying i'd be whatever like it's not i don't want to do this day job i'll sell out that's sort of the tongue-in-cheek message of yeah the song. Mm-hmm. so yeah i always thought that i thought that was very interesting the outsider's perspective of that is that a lot of bands like, so no doubt would play with DHC quite a bit, you know, in the Bay area or whatever. And um, they, they loved each other. The bands loved each other, you know? So it's no doubt famously did not have horn player. They, they did not, they did not consider their, well, at the time, consider their horn players part of the core band. Right. So yeah. well, in all intents and purposes, they, they were for many years, they were. Uh, and I think it just, being in a band with horn players now it's it's a members issue where it's like dude some guys can't play this show we're not going to say no to it because the sax player can't do it we're going to have to get another sax player or something and that's just kind of how it was uh but for whatever reason you know a lot of bands were dropping horn players like that and yeah. uh and i think just as a time as the fan I, I i took it as like oh they're trying to be punk you know or they're trying to be rock or whatever it is right. But now they can I can transition into it. Yeah, there, there might be some of that, but I think a lot of it is logistics. I think a lot of it is, <laughs> and I don't know that to be certain, just being in a band now who has horn players. It's like, remember my band growing up and all in the nineties and stuff, we never had horn players just because we could not a find them B have them stick around long enough to play. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was just like herding cats trying to get people together. So I'm kind of experiencing that now. And, and it's a hard experience to, to, you know, have the same horn players all the time. And it, it, it's hard to get. So yeah. I see where a band might want to say, okay, well, we have our core members. Then we just pick up guys for tour or whatever it is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, it kind of is how it is, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, and, and that was a thing at that time. So I, I would totally 
agree with Aaron's assessment there, with Aaron Carnes' assessment there. And I got to read that book. I definitely yeah. got to read that. Yeah, a lot of people. I, I want to buy that. A lot of insight on that. You know, a lot, of behind, sure. a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Good book. Awesome. All right, Matt, you're yeah. up. Oh, so th- my uh, next track is another. F- uh, I mean, this is a great album opener. And I picked this song because, one, it's not like when you say the name of this band, uh, you probably think of another song that's actually a cover. Um, but I, this album, I definitely loved a lot. It, I, I basically wore this CD out and, uh, just say it, say Ferris. We already know it's say Ferris. (laughs) It's, it's save Ferris. The world is new. (laughs) Here we go. That I don't know. That song just kicks ass to me, and it just yeah. World is new is a great song. When that came out, that was a I mean that was a great song for sure. I mean it's still a great song. So so having yeah. My best friend was a huge No Doubt fan. I loved Save Ferris. I liked No Doubt. I really did. Save Ferris was my favorite band of all time, uh, ska band of all time for the longest time. So I'm so happy you play this because I. Now, given like everything that goes on with them, I'm like, do I want to play Save Ferris? Do I do it? Do I not? What do you mean so, everything that's gone on with them? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. There might be a little <laughs> dramas. Yeah. That it's like, yeah. do you do we even bring it up? But it's no, like, I, I loved them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really like Ferris as well. And, and the fact that they, you know, I grew up, so I went to high school with, with Brian, with all those guys, basically, except for T-Bone. And, uh, you know, to, for them to, they initially had a different singer. And when they found Monique, I thought, I remember even not even hearing him and thinking like, oh, that Monique chick from, from Larry, she was in a band called Larry at the time is in that, is in that band now. And I thought, wow, they're going to be big. Like, that's going to be huge. Cause she's got such a great voice. You know what I mean? A really yeah. great yeah. voice. And with Brian writing, Brian was a meticulous writer, even at that time. And, uh, you know, being, being high school, see, I mean, Brian Mashburn will tell you this story, but learned to play guitar or had a desire to play guitar and found out that he wanted to play guitar while sitting in my hot, in my living room. So like, you know I mean? We had, we've had this, he's just, you know, we, we've been in contact in the same world for so long and haven't been in a band till now. So <laughs> I'm glad we're in a band. Finally. Uh, it only took like 30 years, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's a, it, it, it's, that's a great song. It's a really great record too. The way yeah. The whole, it. the whole record's really good. I don't think there's, uh, a, a bad song on it. Like, I don't yeah, know. no, I, I'd agree. I'd agree. And just again, going back to like the side by side days that you're familiar with Matt, Yeah, we had them open up uh, one of their first shows ever when, we, when I was booking that show is we were like, we got to give safe Harris an opening spot here. We got to get, let them, let them shine a little bit here. And they did, they, they opened up that very first one. Uh, and, uh, they played it, you know, whatever it was six o'clock or whatever it was <laughs> just killed it. Just <laughs> really great. Yeah. I, so I have a quick story. Um, and my wife hopefully uh, won't get mad that I tell this story. So <laughs> my wife and I, uh, when we met, she lived in Pennsylvania. She, so she moved out here 
uh, and we were going to go see Say Ferris at the House of Blues. So this would have been like 2002 or 2003, somewhere, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, near the end. Near the end of Say Ferris. Yeah, yeah, literally near the end. And um, so we went to go see them. We did not know, and this was the first show that taught me this lesson, uh, that there were tons of opening bands. <laughs> like, had a there, show? Were, yeah. there were like uh, at least four, four bands before Save, Save Ferris comes on. Where were they playing? Do you remember? It was House of Blues. It was the down. It was the when it was okay. at downtown. The downtown is yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we went in there and like literally in the middle of the la- the band before Say Ferris was gonna. My wife just couldn't take it. It was too. <laughs> nope. Gotta go. Gotta it go. It was too crowded. It was too. Um, you know, because we were. She's down. like, I love suburban legends and all, but we're leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever was opening. Look, I don't even know. I think like it might have been Zebrahead was one of the probably. Bands. Oh yeah, wow! Yeah, and the, together, that's yeah. the other yeah. thing. Here's the other thing. Here's the kicker. Uh, with the with the exception of maybe who I think it might have been Zebrahead, no one else was anywhere near ska. One of the bands, yeah. right? Like a yeah. Grungy. It was hard. It was like, hard. Yeah, yeah, it was 2003. It was hard back then. So, so yeah, and it was sponsored by K Rock. So they kind of. So that's mm-hmm. why the genre was a little bendy on other bands. Yeah, you you had you had one guy, you had one one band to anchor it, but the rest of them was like, okay, well, no, nobody's playing Scotty. Yeah, like, and yeah, and yeah. I didn't know any of the bands. So you're sitting there for what probably was at least two and a half hours, and you're just yeah. like, yeah. and you're standing. And my wife was just you're like, yeah, that's a young man's game. Yeah. Well, call me, don't play that no more. Okay. Yeah. I show up right when the band I want to play is yeah. on. I don't need to discover. I got, I got other ways to discover music. I'm yeah. just going to go mm-hmm. in. And so tomorrow yeah. night, me and, me and uh, Julie are going to go see the Menzingers. And I promise you, I will roll up about 10 minutes before they start playing. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to, I was telling John, I'm like, uh, if Mike's going to go and hang out, I don't, I don't need to see the openers. I, maybe I'll just yeah. meet him right before the band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So no, we, no, we're on the same page there. So, oh, we, okay, good. so we exited good, good, good. and, uh, of course there's no re-entry, which by the way, is a policy I don't understand anywhere. I hate, and it's the dumbest don't. thing ever. I don't Also, you don't need it. Like you can get a wristband. It's fine. Yeah. I you don't, know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, stupid. So yep. we missed it. Then they, then they broke up. <laughs> so oh. it's just like, so, and then I went hey. to the first Starpool show and I was like, this isn't the same. And then I went to see bite me, baby. I'm like, these guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, they were the first band that I saw live. I saw them at chain reaction. Probably again, I'm younger. So I was in high school and it was 2002. I think my senior year. So I saw him at Chain a couple times, but that was like my first show ever that I was going to where my older sister or best friend's yeah. older brother would drop us off in the minivan. And that's on the downward so that was cool. piece of it. That's on the downward piece yeah. of the career too. You know, yeah. so There were yeah, still scooters weird. out front and out front of Chain. I remember that. And I remember that's John cool. at the ticket booth By the slamming way, tickets down. Are your episodes down. normally almost two hours? I mean... No, no, really. We're just long-winded this <laughs> no. time. Probably not. We're just yeah. chatting. So we, I mean, how many songs we got left? We got the, like. So yeah, we we're should, on. We're on number nine. We can go to ten. We don't have to do fifteen. Okay. Well, cool. Or we can go. We can. We can go to. Tw- uh... Would you? We can just go to ten, Julie. You can. You can. You can bang it out here in the and have the last one. 
No, I'll I'll be number nine. So we can oh, give okay. Matt so. not the last song. Or we could just yeah, okay. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily trying round. to Let's stop do one more round. the train. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do one more round. Let's I wasn't do one trying more to leave. I was round. just asking a question. <laughs> oh, we'll no. Go, we'll yeah. go around the block one more time. Let's you do give that. us a topic we actually enjoy and we're chatty cappy is about <laughs> yeah. all of yeah. it. We've had episodes yeah. last 35 minutes before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this sucked. Let's move on. <laughs> it's like, yep, I like that song. Come on. Next. Um, uh, yeah. So, okay, let's see. So you have let's... a song and then we'll do another round and you'll end with the final song. There you go. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Let's go. <laughs> you know what? I love this song. I'm gonna do Edna's Goldfish. Edna's Goldfish. Eventually, anyway, it was an again one of those bands I probably had on a comp somewhere. I don't know if it was like a Doc Martens comp or a comp that was on uh, like a Captain Morgan's rum comp. I had so many of those or a Vans comp, oh you know. But anyways, Edna's Goldfish. I really love. I think they were a Midwest band. I don't think they were. Yeah. They I were Midwest. Yeah. Yep. But I just they think were they were St. Louis, I think, or Kansas or oh. Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. Hex if I know. Kansas but I just City, think no, they Kansas were... City. Same thing. Whatever. <laughs> no idea. The Midwest <laughs> is all the same to me. But um eventually anyway is a fun song. And I just when I think of Scott, that's the kind of style that I like. I don't know how else to say it, but let's listen. Yeah, I like Edna's Goldfish. That was cool. They um, <laughs> so that I've toured with that band a little bit, and I actually had to not go on a tour with them um, because uh, I could just couldn't afford it. Like I was like oh. broke, and car got repossessed, and all this shit. So, um, I didn't end up ever knowing them well, but I played like three or four shows with them, and I thought they were really, really great. My band came back all bitter and pissed off, and I don't know why. I don't know what the drama was between, and I never cared to find out. I, we ended up breaking up shortly after that. And I never ended up figuring out what, what the drama was between Edna's Goldfish and, and your, and, and your my band? old band. Yeah. Oh. I don't know what, what it was, but there was some kind of drama. Anyway, I mean, both bands that are breaking up like shortly after. So I guess it doesn't yeah. matter. But it's, what's interesting and to tie back into Real Big Fish, I noticed that a lot of Real Big Fish shows, they always cover an Edna's Goldfish song. So I yeah. was always curious what the connection was yeah, with know. that. Like, I don't know. Maybe they, wanted, they were one of the early bands they played with. I don't know. I, I yeah. To be honest, I mean, if you were going through a town like, you know, I think they're from, I think I want to say they're from Kansas City. But if you're oh, from like Kansas City, um you know you're gonna need local support so and if you yeah. and more all, all and i think rbf did tour them quite extensively early on so that could be it but they were great a great bunch of people as far as i knew i don't know i don't know why uh anybody have issue with it but you never know man you never know the politics of bands i don't know, I don't know. Who, knows? Mm-hmm. who knows oh they're the from hell? long island they're long island no they're not are they from long island it says uh, long island sense. based Mike, she's staring you know what i'm thinking in- of She's staring at the internet. Are you going to doubt? Like, no, I'm not. Yeah, no, no. You're right. Never you know what I'm thinking of? On the, on the same internet. tour, on the same tour, the gadgets were on that tour. 
and they're from oh. Kansas City. Yes. Okay. So no, maybe the drama was with the gadgets. <laughs> <laughs> You're like for 30 years I've hated stopped. this band. Never mind. I'm starting this war now. Hey, you know if it wasn't for the attitude of damn Edna's goldfish and those gadgets, people would have gone for. Okay. This. Screw those guys. No. First of all, that's a good, I like both those. Memes. Edna's goldfish is a good band name. One because clearly, if it doesn't have a story, then they're really clever for coming up with the name. <laughs> is yeah. there anyone in the band named Edna? Old, yeah, please. Old, please. Old, please. To Probably the internet. <laughs> to the internet. Uh, to the internet, everyone. Where no one ever lies. No. <laughs> um, exactly. I doubt there is. No. Just a Brian Diaz, a Vinny, a Dave. Two Daves and a Gary. Okay. Two so, Daves and a Gary. Um, so th- <laughs> Gary. if you're listening, go find out what Edna's Goldfish is about. Gary, yeah. you said you were combing your hair. <laughs> Because I have no uh, idea. Yeah. I want to find out what the story is behind that name. Uh, right. But I'm sure we don't have the time for it on this show. Um, but yes, uh, I've only. Hey, investigative. I'd love to have an investigative journalist podcast where it's like, today we expose <laughs> the origins of Edna's um, Goldfish. But I've only listened to that band a little bit. And mm-hmm. uh, just listening to this that song right now. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's and it's got everything we've talked about already. Like it begins, it just hits you, and it's going. Yeah, yep, yeah. So, and it just has very sort of catchy horn lines and stuff like that. So that's that's a good song. That's what you want, right? Yeah. It's, All I right. Mean, I think. Okay. okay. Cool. All right. So uh, I'm gonna do less than Jake just because, uh, dude. Or less than Jake. They're still yeah. again. You want to talk about a band who's longer and stronger than anybody these days? I mean, at this yeah. point. They've overtaken Real Big Fish. They are the number one, you know, ska band at this level. So, I mean, they're amazing, really great guys. And contribution to the music business has been absolutely huge with Fuel by Ramen and their connection with Capitol Records. And yeah. they're uh, behind the scenes. They're really great. So here's uh, um, one of my favorite songs I do live from from back in the 90s. Um, I wanted to make sure I pick a 90s song. But uh, it's Johnny Quest, Thanks for Sellouts. Here it goes. them yes yeah that, i think that's good okay so that was gonna be my next pick and i'm glad <laughs> we're on the same page because uh i have lots i love that song uh just because of the way it builds at the beginning just sort of like it has a groove and then it just gets faster and faster it's great the subject matter is great uh just because i think it's something every band goes through of like you know everyone's a critic right in music uh, totally and, and scene, everything you like, you like every every band has a super fan or a 500 you know what i mean that know everything about the band right they yes. know every you know and, have their opinions yeah sure and they know mm-hmm. either they know everything because they hate them or they know everything because they love them so it's <laughs> right sometimes it's the same <laughs> yeah right? sometimes it's the yeah. same thing i think i think that every every band's fans are kind of like and i hate to say this unpopular opinion but there there gets a i think there's a point where they're kind of like in a cocoon where they surround themselves with all this and then eventually they just blossom out of the band and they become critics or they just hate the band. They leave it. They leave the cocoon left aside and they go on to other things. <laughs> but yeah. No. Anyway. Um, so, but Julie, what I, do you think? Julie, were you a lesson Jake fan? 
Oh, huge lesson, Jake fan. You know how many I still have the burn CD. Friends, you know, it was in that time where you would go to friends' houses and spend hours just burning music off of their computer from them. Um, but yeah, I love Lesson Jake. I was gonna Owl's War was on my list, so I was gonna play oh, Owl's War because I love that song. Well, Matt, um, sorry to cut you off there. You had your you you were you were in the middle of something there. No, it's just, okay. uh, it looked like Julie wanted to say something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. Um, so my question that I've always had about this song is like I know who Johnny Quest is, the cartoon. Mm-hmm. But like, yes. so is the using Johnny Quest name a critique of a certain type of person? Like a, a like for my assumption is that it's like a stereotypical rich blonde haired white guy. Like and that and it's like th- this type of person and and it they're di- sort of like not listening to that type of person. Like uh, well, that you guy. Mean is- the, you mean the you mean the. Gainesville, Florida guy, or the Florida dude that, or whatever it is, wherever they're from. Yeah. That's, uh, that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That, that makes sense, though. It makes sense. It would be a, a, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's their, their blonde haired, blue eyed, like Cal or a Florida, Floridian ska fans or whatever. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. It's just oh. like you're saying Johnny Quest is Johnny Quest like a, you know, big representation of a certain type of person. That's sort of like my question is like, why are they calling Johnny Quest things for sellouts? Like, obviously, yeah. they I unless they know a one guy named Johnny Quest, and that would be <laughs> there's probably some dude that like his name was that John was his nickname. Like, you know, yeah, he would go out looking for weed every night. They'd be like, that's old Johnny Quest going out yeah. for weed. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> and he came back one night. You guys are fucking sellouts, bro. And uh, so, like, my. <laughs> My my lesson, Jake Journey, even though I kind of did listen to them in the 90s, didn't really, like, my love for them didn't really kick into gear until Anthem. Um, that's when, that's the first, like, full lesson. Jake that's a great album. record, too, though. Yeah, it is. And I honestly, I think that's their arc, right? That's, like, where they were, I think, at the point where Scott was dying, like, yeah. and yet you had this band that was really kind of coming back and, you know, like, doing something different. Because they, they really were a great I mean, still are a great band, but to be honest, I, I was in the circle of people. We recorded from Capitol. My band was the same time that they were, and they were so smart about how they did their deal because they didn't need a deal. Like even in the nineties, like everybody was clamoring for a deal or getting on an indie or getting on a major or whatever. Yeah. And people were, A and R guys were just scooping up bands just to have them just to like, Oh, we have our ska band. You know, like say Ferris, they were on Epic. Epic's a metal mm-hmm. name. But say Ferris was on that. They didn't know what to do with them once they had them, but they got them. And that's the AR guy's job is to acquire talent. Right. So, you know, they were very smart and they tied into a guy named Lauren Israel, who we should absolutely have on the podcast. He would come on. But Lauren Israel was instrumental in signing a lot of bands, including Jimmy World. He signed Jimmy World. Mm-hmm. He signed Less Than Jay, or was instrumental in signing them. I don't know if he was the actual AR guy who did it. But um, without him, there wouldn't be a lot of these bands. And think about all the bands that Fueled by Ramen has put out. Mm-hmm. you know, which is Vinny's label. Um, and uh, you think about like the gym class heroes and, and Paramore and Jimmy world and like, you name yeah. it, there's so many bands that came out in that odd year, two thousands that were, they were the label. I mean, capital would send them to, to fuel by ramen to see, to experiment. Okay. Go here and have this incubator, put you out and see what would happen, you know, but I would That's argue yeah. Brune five wouldn't have a career that they do now without a collab with gym class heroes. 
you know, without that stereo hard song, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's like, these are huge, huge acts that have had some way have been impacted by this little tiny label. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's all I got. It's a, wonder, <laughs> it's, it's kind of amazing sometimes to see connections to ska outside of ska. Mm-hmm. So, Oh yeah, no, it's, it's all encompassing, man. There's, there's so many different ways that things are connected. And it's only because there's people that are, that are like involved in the creative process and want to do creative things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Matt, this is your last song. All right. I'm sorry. So uh, I'm sure everyone has noticed already that a lot of the bands that I personally pick come from Orange County. And this last one isn't going to be any different. So sorry. I love my hometown. (laughs) Sorry. 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 Sorry, not sorry. Just, you know, whatever. Uh, this is a band uh, that, and I remember picking up this album on tape, on, on cassette, because uh, I'm old. Yeah, but it tapes are new again, so like, what do I know? Um, Julia, are you guys putting out tapes? Did you guys put on an A-track recently? We did an A-track. There you which, go. How old is that? <laughs> it, it's fully functional. It's yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Um. We don't have an A-track player in our house, so we can't ever say the hear A-track it, was only nineteen ninety nine, but the actual system you need to play it was four hundred dollars, and yeah. we also sell those. <laughs> um, surprisingly, when we did the crew A-track, that sold out first. The A-track sold out right away. So. Who's gonna? Yeah, because that's a collector's piece. I mean, who's, yeah, who's yeah, not it's the that? band, it's the crew. That's why they wanted it. I think we should do a "Bite Me, Bambi" uh, Lee Scratch Perry A-track. We'll see if it sells. We'll, we'll gauge to see if it'll sell out. We'll see. All <laughs> right. Sick. So my last pick um, is from an Orange County band called the Orange County Supertones, and it's a song called Supertones Strike Back. I'll play it, and then we'll talk. You know, they're one of those bands that I never really listened to, but every time I do hear them, I'm like, I, I got to go back and put them on my list again. Like I never gave them a chance. Seriously. They- didn't they open up for the Pope? Like, <laughs> Pope, like at, at, they like the nineties, didn't they? Like the OC Supertones played when the Pope visited or something they at did. Anaheim Stadium. Yeah, they. Played. I, I, I remember. Oh, wait, you weren't that. joking? That's a true no, thing. No, no that's a true story. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. As a Christian band, right? Obviously, yeah. Yeah, so it makes that's, sense. That's yeah. the that's the crux that that you know, um, Tooth and Nail and some of the other Christian labels that were out doing alternative music and ska music and stuff. I don't. I, they weren't on Tooth and Nail, but. Um, I don't think. No, they were. But, um, oh, they were they? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that makes their sense. Their first okay, record so. was on Tooth and Nail, and then their second record was on the subsidiary of Tooth and Nail, BEC Recordings. Right, yeah. right. Oh. But yeah, it, so so Christian music had its own draw, right? Five Iron Frenzy proves that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, MXPX sure. back in the day. Yeah. Uh, probably the biggest, uh, what started out as a Christian band, you know, and uh, Supertones. And it's like those bands it's i mean other than the subject matter other than the subject matter which is questionable anyway for any song like you know these bands exactly. should not be separated because of their ideals i would say because every band has different ideals like nobody you sure. know whatever it is but i just i just i i like what i like about christian music is that 
people like at tooth and nail figured, Oh, here's a way where we can highlight our artists. And we have this built in fan base. Cause there's so many kids that can, will only listen to Christian music, right. which is like pretty dope actually. <laughs> like you've got this, here's this, this niche that we could just pummel this thing and just, here's our product. Here's what we have. And this people will scoop it up every time because of the subject matter. But uh, yeah. uh, nonetheless, a good man, that recording, I, we've talked about this map before, but that's a re-recording because that original recording of Supertone Strike Back was way different than that, uh, right? As I mean, far as I the guess recording maybe, production wise, uh, I guess maybe because it's on Spotify, it might be. But hmm. as far as I can tell, that's what the album sounds like. Was it really okay? Yeah, I now, remember being. Uh, people might have a lesser quality. I think I think every band had a lesser quality back in those days. Right. But that well, their be- first yeah. album, I'll tell you. Uh, um, sounds like shit, and they'll tell you. That's what I remember. They, they, okay, may, yeah. they, they may not la- They may not use that word, but they will tell you. Uh, it's their horns sound like kazoo's, and yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what I remember of the band. And going, oh man, uh, there was also other bands, the Upstarters. There were some other bands yeah, that were. Uh, that's like insiders. our first couple the insiders episodes. Insiders with a Y. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, our first ten yeah, our first episodes. Don't but, blame us. They're, they're, yeah. my That's why they're not on Spotify. Yeah. If you right. if you ever saw Supertones live, you probably had one of the best shows of your life because I don't think other than Suburban Legends, I don't think I've seen as much running and jumping off of things, uh, and just a very energetic show. Um in the supertones i don't like right it just uh and they're all um tony their bass player is like crazy amazing they have some very phenomenal um bass lines and yeah christian music gets a bad rap because everyone thinks of creed and uh <laughs> yeah right sure and, uh, <laughs> and like and yeah, there's some bad Christian music out there. Well, when I think of Scott Staff, first thing I think is embodiment of Christ right there. <laughs> <laughs> Just a kind, generous, yeah. you know, yes. humble individual. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, so like... Our next a... podcast will be all about how it called the fights of, of Scott Staff. And, and they're all a detail of how like a singer from 311 beat him up or how this and guy And somehow we go to 500 sales. episodes, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just exactly. got to find the right audience and uh, you'll get yeah. right. Exactly. And, uh, bringing, in the, bringing in the uh, Christian audience as well as the second yeah. audience. <laughs> and it's funny that you mentioned like the whole like, you know, they kind of had a built in audience because of the Christian thing and stuff like that. And that kind of I don't know. I don't particularly remember if Tooth and Nail did this as a a uh, as they did it themselves. They put the stickers on. But I do know that a lot of times in. Uh, I guess maybe I only I so like I was a volunteer youth leader at a church and I was kind of put in charge of like music a lot of the times. So like I would read through these like uh, sort of like I don't only thing I can think of. It's just like a mailer that tells you about the latest music coming out. And it would say like, you know, if you like this band. So like the dingies under the dingies, it would say into rancid. And I don't know. Oh, a bu- yeah, a yeah, bunch yeah. Of other, It would like always. I don't remember there ever being. I do remember sometimes there were stickers, but I don't remember if Tooth and Nail ever did that um, particularly. But that's how they were advertised. They were advertised as like this equivalent. And I you're kind of right in that the Christian market actually 
did that whole separating thing themselves. I don't think the yes, yeah, the music right. industry like wouldn't let because clear. By the way, there are a lot of Christian artists out there that uh, no one cares like that doesn't care like, like right. yeah yeah I mean, like anything like anything yeah. there's a lot of artists people don't care about right it's just, well it's i just i just mean like no one cares that they're christian no one's like ah turn it gotcha. off i mean some, oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah sure. like there's a bunch of stuff like you know you have a band like switchfoot that kind of broke through and like, sure that's the band i was thinking of i was like okay and, and no one cares and that they're christian band and sure um you know well i think i think in general um they definitely so i as so i'm very good friends with members of five iron frenzy and i'm actually having dinner with sonny johnson tonight the guitar player oh, of five oh, iron frenzy awesome. so we're, we're going to have dinner tonight christina and i um with his lovely wife Lindsay. uh but we so it, it's like i remember when um an old band of mine reunited like 10 years ago and one of the first people to call us was five iron frenzy like oh you guys are playing again let's play a show you know what I mean? We want to, we want to have you guys on. They didn't need to have us on. They sell out. They sell out. They don't yeah. need to have an, they can pick whoever they want and like, Oh no, it's really important that we have you guys on the show because you're friends and we want to help you out. And we want to do this. There's such great people. You know what I mean? So it's uh and then I remember talking to their manager backstage and the backstage was unlike any other backstage because there wasn't a lot of beers and like, alcohol and stuff but yeah. he did go to cvs and he bought like a bunch of like the boxed movie candy like the big mm -hmm. the the candies that come in the big movie boxes and there yeah. must have been 50 boxes of candy back there and we're thinking wow this is really dope and he goes movie candy that's how you let artists know they're special that's really kind of smart <laughs> but anyway, and by the way no, they're, they're right. seriously i think i was really at that cool. show that you played with five round frenzy um yeah we did one uh at the glass house and we did one um at the house of blues in was, San Diego. was it with five iron frenzy at the glass house yeah it was with five iron yeah yeah, was yeah we did with five iron that was after we kind of reunited and we we um we uh yeah they had they had said hey can you guys come and play with us and so mm -hmm. i think we had played with the aquabats we did our own show and we played with the aquabats and then we played with five iron and that was it that was it that was the run that year <laughs> uh anyway but julia all you right guys, what you got this is the last song i'm I, I don't know what to ever do because there's always so like we'll talk about the bands that didn't make the list because there's always yeah. like the 20 songs that you wanted to to there's put on here. Bands. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. But um I think I'll go ahead and do Jeffrey's fan club. I just I've always liked them. They've always been one of my favorites. I always got a my husband was their manager for the longest time. Um and Sonny from Five Iron was a guitar player and and just a yeah, beautiful circle. True. Yeah. Jeffrey's manager. True. Um, so I, I, I love them so much. And I remember, I, I always liked the song dream girl just because it had a little bit of that rockabilly sound yeah. in it, in that breakdown. Um, and there was a little bit of that going on in the nineties too. So I, you know, cherry pop and daddy squirrel nut zippers, you saw that come, come across, but, um, yeah, let's just play them. Let's round it out with that. On a date, said, please don't say no, no, baby. Okay, sorry. I'm gonna inter I'm gonna comment on my own song. Sorry. So uh I'm obviously we're playing this off of Spotify. 
And it had the lyrics pulled up for the song, which I thought was weird because, you know, it's not a band that would typically have their lyrics up on Spotify. Mm. It's totally not this song. It's a completely different song. (laughs) I have come across that before. Yeah. I have not seen that before. There's weird stuff going on the internet. The other night, last night, it gave me the Dodgers score and it was the Arizona. It was actually, it was the Dodgers score, but Uh it was Dodgers versus whoever. um, But it was Dodgers versus Padres, but it was la dodgers but it had the arizona diamondbacks logo and it, it's like the, the, the new york mets was the thing and it's like the dodgers score i'm like that's this is is this really wait i had to look it up <laughs> you know it's going crazy right now Too yeah much information. it's like uh show me your pain and take my chain if you want me as your dream girl you won't get my lap i can't be next to you it's just it's dream girl by it, rihanna oh <laughs> yeah it's by a somebody totally else. different song oh yeah that, that's so funny that's funny that's awesome. Jeffrey's Fan Club is definitely <sighs> one of the bands I was late to. Basically, they were, I mean, they broke up before I'd even heard of them. Um, yeah. And uh, basically, I only heard of them because uh, Sonny ended up in Five Hundred Frenzy. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but uh, they definitely are one of the bands that I have heavily grad, uh, just sort of fallen in love with uh, that, that, you know they're that uh oh gosh what's the name of that record i can't i'm terrible the, sorry for the hearts we broken or whatever it's called the, uh called? this jfc the earth there's the early years and then there's nothing to prove and nothing to, i think nothing to prove is what i'm thinking yeah yeah that record um it's just such a good record and it um it's such a it's just joyous orange county ska to listen to and, mm-hmm. um yeah i I, I love that record and I've I, I keep meaning to because the someone put it out on vinyl very recently and I keep meaning to get it and I keep forgetting so maybe yeah <laughs> maybe I think there's a bootleg there's a bootleg JFC um, nothing I, to prove record out there right I think it's uh toxic toast right but that's toxic, toxic toast, toast. Yeah. yeah is that considered yeah. bootleg am I supposed to I'm not supposed to promote that or am I supposed to promote that sorry no I think you are <laughs> I I don't know if it is a bootleg uh, I'd ask John, but he's playing SpongeBob, hmm. so he can't be bothered right now. Sorry, everyone. It's okay. <laughs> but... so, and by playing SpongeBob, she means a video game, not masturbating. Let's yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, doesn't do that anymore. I let's took... make that clear. <laughs> I took it at face value of playing. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, I'm the only. Oh, so I'm the only one. Whatever. Okay. Either a game or ha- having action. Action figures. figures. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I would no. assume. Either one me. is pretty close to what John will be doing with SpongeBob, whatever. He's it like, is, so. I'm only 17% complete on the game. He's like, I'm up to 25% complete. He's like, I'm at 46. I'm like, okay, great. Have, the, cool. the funny thing with John would be is he'd be playing that and then the camera would pan out and like Tom Kenny would be sitting next to him going, <laughs> Dude, you're almost there. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Well, no, I think it was cool, man. That's I think that's a good solid 90s playlist that we put together for so. people or a little mixtape. I'd be happy with that mixtape if I heard it. Right, yeah. Matt. I mean, who's your who's like your all time fa- favorite ska band? Oh, Five Iron Frenzy. Five Iron Frenzy. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Very cool. So yeah. Very they're... cool. Well, if you want me to bring you any kind of leftovers that Sonny's eating tonight or anything, like, I will. Be... <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, anything, I will tell him. I will. Anything him. with his DNA on it, it'll be great. You're like, just bring the fork. <laughs> yeah. Be careful fork, what you ask. The glass. Bro. <laughs> okay. Maybe not anything with his DNA. Maybe not anything. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Not, exactly. Not any type of DNA either. Um, gotcha. Okay. I just understood. Want, I just understood. want saliva. That's it. 
God, perfect. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, that's good. Now, uh, I think it was really cool. And then, and then for everybody who's interested, please uh, catch Matt's podcast. Uh, you do weekly podcasts, right? Oh, yeah. Crap. To I the best of our ability, yes, we do weekly. Um, and also, yeah. so yes, of course, check us out where anywhere you listen to podcasts. You know, I don't know if you guys get this question, but does anyone ever ask you like? Oh, you have a podcast? Where can I listen to it? Literally anywhere. Anywhere, <laughs> yes. If you like, just typed oh in gosh. the name of the podcast and podcast after it, it will come up. I promise yes. you. It's like uh, they're, they're like, oh yeah, we're on the internet and everything. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like any anytime anytime my band plays and people say like, oh, you guys are really good. I'm like, yeah, we have our own instruments and everything. <laughs> it's like we do this. <laughs> we play our shows and have our own songs and everything. I will yeah, say for our great. podcast, we're not allowed to be on Google play or something whatever google has just because for copyright yeah. stuff turns out oh, we don't license sorry. music properly so, so maybe play 30 seconds. i don't know how i have stayed away from that maybe none of the bands i've ever played have been big enough to have stuff but i've played real big fish not all the way through i only play like a minute and never been a red flag see anywhere see? i don't get it i don't get it Okay, it. so yeah, it's well, right, we we have to do a little. We'll podcast pick your brain, yeah. yeah. Matt, Matt and I here um, and figure but, that out. So yes, please check out on the upbeat uh, wherever you listen to podcast. Uh, we do weekly shows. We have bands. We have ska news. We break it down for you. We tell you about maybe some bands you haven't heard of. Uh, also, but by the way, if you're listening to this and you're already a fan, uh, and if you're even a fan of this podcast. Please rate and review a podcast. If you love a podcast, yeah, that'd be great. Rate yes, and review it like like nobody's business. Like mm-hmm. uh and write just just a little blurb. It can be as simple as I like this podcast. Put a right. trumpet emoji, please. <laughs> yeah. That's all I a want. Thumbs up. A thumbs right. up. Yeah. Or a, they're great. Like a Tony the Tony the Tiger that shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they're great. In fact, <laughs> if you just give it five stars and type in, I actually hate this show. That's fine. Even, too. That's fine. It too. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, <laughs> it helps. So yes, um, we do have a on the upbeat has a Patreon. Uh, so if you, that's a good way to support us. Um, so you get uh, for four dollars a month, you get two bonus episodes, at least two bonus episodes. We're trying to move to more, but at least two, and uh, access to a private um, Facebook page where I just occasionally go, "How's your day?" And that's mm-hmm. like, and you get to like hear about my day and stuff like that. So you get more access to me, but not in an inappropriate way. Um, so yes, <laughs> yes, we'll yes. put links more to all of that. Um, yes. We'll put links to that on our Instagram and then on this show's uh, notes and stuff like that too, so everyone can awesome can find you. And, and I've personally been on Matt's podcast. It's way more professional than our podcast. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll <laughs> add that. We'll add that link too, so everyone can go listen to Mike if you haven't already listened to Mike. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. That that's good. Yeah, that'd be that'll be thoroughly boring for everyone but no, it's, <laughs> it's a great episode <laughs> matt was good in that episode and so was rj but uh and t-bone was okay and talina was very entertaining but you know i think uh they could skip over my parts that's all right <laughs> oh mike you oh, got the fun facts to fun facts um well cool that was good and then julia yeah, people you. can how can they find us oh we already know uh that. yeah i mean look us up uh at mixtape mixtape pod on instagram mixtape mixtape podcast.com um you can find Stavery Recordings 
on Instagram at Stapery Recordings. We're also on Bandcamp at the same name. We only sell through Bandcamp. Um, so definitely check us out there and follow us so you'll know all the latest releases that we've got going on. And then find Mike at bitemebambi.com or at bitemebambi on Instagram. Um, or weekly Twitch episodes. You'll see me every yeah. other week on those uh, for www.twitch.com backslash bitemebambi. We do three episodes a week. So if you want to follow all things about that, you can. There's plenty of access there. The internet is your friend. We've got it you is. covered. And it, lo- it loves you and he'll- hates you at the same time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, like all humans. It's basically just a micro. It's a macrocosm of, of, yep, yep. of human ingenuity. So <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, hey, Matt, thank you very, very much for yeah, being thank on. Thank you we for being your here. Time and and uh, I think it was really fun. And we should do it again sometime soon. And, yeah. and uh, you know, thank you. In for the meantime, uh, yes, yeah, so I'll come back and we'll do. Uh, Favorite 90s hip hop songs. We'll do those. It'd be awesome. I actually <laughs> oh, yeah. would. And they have to be hip hop. They can't be R&B. They have to be hip hop. Oh, yeah. Right. Big, yeah. Big diff. Big yeah. diff. Big diff. Big diff. Exactly. For sure. <laughs> All right. Well, we will uh, we, we will see you guys next time. Uh, and uh, our next uh, recording will probably be a mini coming up. So uh, yeah, let's definitely. stay tuned for that. All, All right. right Bye, guys. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to the podcast, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Mixtape Mixtape Podcast for show notes, pictures, and behind-the-scenes snaps. And while you're at it, head over to the <laughs> website, mixtapemixtapepodcast.com, for complete playlists as well as links to all the spot- songs on Spotify. Just know that I worked really hard in putting all those playlists up, and I have feelings. Or did you work really hard at avoiding other responsibilities? Shut up. Just don't forget to tell your friends. One more thing, we know you're busy people, but go ahead and click to review and give us a five-star rating or comment on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. Thanks, bye. Bye Bye-bye.